You're listening to the Goal Line Stand Podcast with Jackson Caudell and Kobe Reed, where we break down all things college football, including breaking news, recruiting, gameplay, and more. Let's get straight to it. And welcome back to an action-packed episode of the Go On Stand. We've got a lot to cover today. There's no point in wasting any time. This is Jackson Caldell. That is Kobe Reed. Kobe, week two's over. How are you feeling? <laughs> Especially you in particular. Uh, every given Saturday, anybody can lose, anybody can win. That was rough, man. Like, of course, we're going to get into Bama, Texas, but – all the other upsets, man. We had so many top 25 teams lose, had a lot of struggles, a lot of upsets, man. But that's what makes the game so good, man. I'd rather have weekends like that where I'm on the edge of my seat the entire time than just see blowouts all day. What 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 a start to the first couple of weeks we've had. You know, we had a great week one like we talked about on our episode. Week two was I, – I, there were some good games, but, you know, everybody thought Bama-Texas was going to be a blowout, and mm-hmm. then it was, it was a good game, a little bit ugly, but – but pretty good game. BYU and Baylor was a crazy game to end the day. And then the Sun Belt has overtaken the SEC. One conference <laughs> college football. You know, if Georgia State was able to pull off, pull it off against North Carolina yesterday, I mean, we were talking about wins over North Carolina, Texas A&M, Notre Dame, and Nebraska. And whatever, we'll get to Nebraska in just two seconds with some breaking news here. But, you know, that, that's huge. That's huge for the conference. I like, they, they might be yeah. the best conference you know everybody talks about the AAC but they had kind of had a rough weekend with UCF losing Houston going down on the road to Texas Tech but let's get to the breaking news it it probably was you know written after they lost to Northwestern and Ireland as big favorites but allowing Georgia Southern in the first year under Clinton to come in there and put 45 points in Lincoln Nebraska Mm. Scott Frost is out People thought they may wait because I think October first his buyout dropped from like fifteen million to seven million. So a lot of people were thinking, "I'll oh, just give it a few weeks." But Nebraska, they they're not waiting. Like it's, and I, I don't blame them. Yeah. It, quick reaction, you know, Scott Frost being fired. You know, it was he came there after you know leading UCF to an undefeated season. Played at Nebraska, he won a national championship at, as a quarterback at Nebraska. Never made a bowl game, and. It seemed every game was the same thing. Like it was one score loss, one score loss, one score loss. Like just finding new ways to lose. I don't know where he goes from here. I've got a couple thoughts on who Nebraska might go after, but I guess just some some quick thoughts on the Scott Frost era. Oh man. So much expectation. I mean, you remember when they first hired him, we were all here, dude, Nebraska's gonna be back, man. Old school Nebraska, Scott Frost gonna bring him back to the promised land. Yeah, he finished his coaching career at Nebraska sixteen and sixteen and thirty-one. That just well, uh, it's a lot uh, like you know when Jim Harbaugh got back to Michigan, it was you know odd, oh, you know Michigan getting back is inevitable, and you know it took a little bit, but Harbaugh got yeah. enough on the Big Ten. Scott Frost never did that; like it, it just no. never happened. And yeah, so I mean, I was reading here, uh, his pay cut was cut was cut from um, five million to four million. And agreed to have his buyout drop from fifteen million to seven point five million on October first. Yeah, they just they weren't they weren't going to wait anymore. I mean, I don't blame him. It was abysmal. Uh, I wish him the best wherever he ends up. I think he's a good guy. As far as coaching the 
Nebraska program is it just wasn't cutting it. Yeah, and I agree with you. Like he always seemed like a great guy. He it just it seemed like a great fit. It just it seemed like you know if if Nebraska is going to start winning again, this is the guy to do it. I don't know when you look back at his whole career, you know that that one season at UCF is kind of an outlier. Like they were undefeated, won it, but you know the, the years prior, like they were just they were okay. So mm-hmm. I, I don't. Know. But he'll always have that season, and I think he'll land on his feet somewhere. Like I think he's a good offensive coach, but I guess you know let's we won't go too deep into it because it's so early. But I think one of the reasons they may have wanted to go ahead and fire Frost is to get out ahead, you know, USC did this after I think maybe week two or three last year. Um, yeah. With Clay Hilton. Clay Hilton getting out ahead. And obviously nobody thought that that would end up like it did, but I think the top two guys they'll go after will be Iowa State's Matt Campbell and Luke Fickle at Cincinnati. I don't, I don't think Fickle would be interested in that job, but I think one thing to note here, Nebraska has a lot of money in their athletic department. They they spend a lot, and they have a passionate fan base that cares. I think it's a very hard job, but I do think if they offered somebody enough money, it could be tempting. But I just think with Cincinnati moving into the Big 12, they're already paying him pretty well, and like that, they're, they're going to have more chances possibly for playoff spots as they expand. So I don't think that's going to happen. But Matt Campbell seems like the obvious candidate to me. You got anybody else to throw out? Honestly, no, because I feel like we're going to have a lot more coaching fires by the end of this season. So I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait and stick it out and see who's going to be end up being available. But I do agree with you. I think they went ahead and did it to get out ahead of everybody else because whoever they hire next, they got to make sure it's the right guy. I mean, the fate of Nebraska football has been in shambles for a very long time. They need to take their time and find the right guy. Can I throw one name out to you? Because he's going to be thrown out probably for every head coaching job. Nebraska head coach Dan Mullen. Oh, oh no. <laughs> oh, no. I, I got, I'll just throw that out there. I don't know that that's uh, – I don't know if that works, but – I think – I think Dan Mullen has just about as good a chance of coaching Nebraska as Urban Meyer does coaching Auburn next season. And I'll go ahead and tell you, that's going to get thrown out too. Urban Meyer yeah. is going to get. It's just inevitable because I don't view Nebraska as a top job. Some people do, and that anytime a big job comes open, it's going to be Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer, yep. So we'll, we'll we'll see that as more jobs come open. But yeah, Scott Frost is done. It was it was inevitable after last night. I think it was probably inevitable after. Losing I think we it. said it after in our um. Big Ten preseason preview. It was like, does he make it to the end of the season or does he make it to week six? And I think it was mostly after they lost to Northwestern because I I thought that if – because their schedule was like – we like Duke beat Northwestern yesterday. Like Northwestern I don't think is that good. Georgia Southern, like they're my alma mater. I love them and congrats on getting the win. I don't know that they're that good either. Like, you know, their their win total was at like three and a half or four. And maybe they're just way better than I think, but like I don't know that Nebraska makes a bowl game now. No, not at all. Uh, no, if they get two, three wins this season, that's probably the maximum of their potential. Last point I'll make on this final game of the season: Iowa, Nebraska. Iowa's offense against the Nebraska defense. <laughs> Unstoppable oh. force meets unmovable object. I don't know which one's which. So, oh my gosh, Black Friday. Can't wait. 
that's gonna be like watching paint dry on a wall. Like that is. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about that game. <laughs> but moving on, the game everybody was watching, everybody was waiting for, but also the game most people thought would be over fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. Alabama, Texas. I'll let Kobe take most of this one because this is his team. I'll give my quick thoughts on it. I have some concerns about Bama. I also still don't think Bama loses in the regular season. I'm concerned about the offensive line. It it just it looked a little bit like it did last year. I was telling him pre-show. It looked like L- the LSU and Auburn games last year. You know, LSU and Auburn weren't in great fronts. They weren't terrible, but they were just able to consistently get pressure. And then, you know, the lack of a – outside of that first – a uh, big touchdown run, lack of a running game. The receivers just are not doing it for me right now. Like they could get better as they go along, but like Tyler Harrell is supposed to be a guy that takes top off this defense. I don't quite know what's up with him if he's hurt or something, but like they need that. Like they're missing the Jamison Williams over the top. They just don't have that's what Jermaine Burton was also supposed to be, but that, that's kind of outside of a Utah State game. That kind of remains to be seen. All you know, who knows what happens if you were um stays healthy in this game. Also, you know, I'll, I'll give big props to Texas the defense. They played much, much, much better than I thought because that was a big reason I thought a blowout was coming. I didn't think their defense was any good. And then lastly, I'll say the game was ultimately decided for me with Texas in the red zone. They had five red zone opportunities. They got what, 16, 19 points out of it. That's not good enough. I think they actually had six red zone. No, they made it to the red zone ten times, and they only they only scored a touchdown or field goal five times out of it. I yeah, think like, it was okay, something that, weird like that. Yeah, okay, I got my stats confused there. But to me, that that's where the game was ultimately decided. Uh, Texas has to be able to convert. It seems like Ewers is going to be out two to three weeks. They've got uh, UTSA next week, then Texas Tech and West Virginia. So we'll see what happens there. But I'll let you carry the rest of it. But big takeaways for me, Bama has stuff to work on. Texas's defense, really impressed. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't even know where to start here. We shot our own selves in the foot. Um, had 15 penalties. I think we had 10 or 11 in the first half of the game, most ever in a Saban coach team since 2010. Um, yeah, stupid penalties, stupid stuff. I mean, a lot of it you can say it was questionable. I mean, they were throwing flags left and right on both teams. I'm not going to blame the refs. I mean, a lot of it was stupid stuff. They called Will Anderson for an offsides about four times and also called Will Anderson for a um, – Unnecessary roughness. The guy was down and he ended up throwing him back to the ground once he stood up. Just stupid stuff like that, man. It's, I know we're playing on the road, playing in a tough environment. I mean, that was a tough place to play. I mean, Austin, Texas, they were, they were rocking and rolling, man. Um, the only good things I can take away for Alabama from this game, because I'm trying to keep it optimistic. Bryce Young. Coolest man under pressure. I mean, he doesn't fold under pressure. He doesn't miss. Um, I tweeted out the picture of him smiling uh, during the 99-yard drive against Auburn last year. It was a little screenshot. I tweeted it out, and sure enough, he goes 99 yards, and Will Riker kicks the game-winning um, game-winning field goal. He's just cool, calm, and collected. I'm very surprised. Like, if you would have told me the score was 20 to 19. I would have thought our offense would have turned the ball over three, four times. No fumbles, no interceptions. 
that that's a crazy stat to me. And another thing I'm gonna take is our run defense looked really freaking good, man. Like I'm very proud of our run defense. Bijan Robinson, if you would have told me he had 21 carries, I would have thought he would have had two or three touchdowns and at least 100 yards. He had 21 carries for 57 yards. We held him to 2.7 rushes a, a, a carry. So I was very proud of that. But yeah, man, we gotta for one, we gotta get our corner situation figured out. Xavier Worthy, granted, he's arguably the best wide receiver in the country. He's torching us. Eli Ricks didn't see the field one time. That worries me. I don't know what his deal is. Tyler Harrell, he was injured. I was asking around about him. He's been dealing with injuries, so it makes sense. But, yeah, like you said, it's evident we don't have that top-notch breakaway speed in the wide receiver room. Nobody can create separation, um, and that's evident. I mean, for years we had Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, Jameson Williams, uh, and even John Mechie knew how to get open. I mean, he was a – he was a two-time 1,000-yard receiver. We don't have that guy in our wide receiver room, and it sucks. I mean, Treshawn Holden had some big catches at the end of the game. So did Ja'Cory Brooks. But we got to get that figured out. We got to clean up the game, take away penalties, and it's going to be a long season because that was just our first road game out of many that are going to be very, very, very tough. So do you still view – yourselves as as the number one team in the country after after no. yesterday? No, not at all. I mean, it's Georgia is the reigning national champs. They beat number 11 Oregon in a neutral site game, no matter how you feel about Oregon. They got that done. They handled their business. They played Sanford yesterday, subpar competition. But, I mean, the proof is in the pudding, and I ain't going to be biased in any way, shape, or form. Georgia looks like the best team in the country. They haven't skipped a beat. We're struggling against non-ranked Texas, even though it's a road game, even though their program is very, very notorious. Either way, that's not Alabama football. So until then, we are not the best team in the country. Yeah. So just, you know, I guess finishing up there, we'll stay on the noon slate. Arkansas 44, South Carolina 30. It's like Arkansas that, you know, like, I don't know if Cincinnati, I think they're Cincinnati and South Carolina are fringe. I don't even know if South Carolina is a fringe top 25 team, but those are both solid teams. That's a, that's a tough open yeah. to the season, especially with the injuries that Arkansas has in the secondary. Spencer Rattler was able to have a pretty good game, but again, Arkansas pulling away and they won. Uh, did, did you have any big takeaways for that? I just, I felt it, it was good that they went and got that victory and they, they've got a hard schedule ahead. Um, Barry, I'm honestly impressed with Spencer Rattler. I think it's evident, dude. Don't get me wrong. He still has a lot of flaws in his game. It is evident. South Carolina does not have the talent, the skill position talent that he had at Oklahoma. It's very evident. Yeah. It's evident. So I'm going to give him all the props. He still has a lot to work on, but I – I see him trying to make it happen. I see the vision, you know what I'm saying? But Arkansas, on the other hand, their running game is phenomenal. K.J. Jefferson, Sanders, I mean, their running game is phenomenal. K.J. Jefferson was a very efficient throwing the football. He went 18 for 21, but he only had 162 yards and a touchdown. Is that a part of the game plan for Sam Pittman, run the ball down their throat and only throw it out of necessity? I mean – I think they had guys with a couple of drops at receiver, but outside of that, they just didn't air it out like that. Do you think that's part of Sam Pittman's game plan? I think so, and I think it may just be a matchup of of who you're playing. Like I, I think, Ken, like Kendall Browse, I think is one of the best offensive coordinators in college football, and I think 
he he is very – I love offensive coordinators that are going to dictate what their opponent does and not come in saying, hey, we're going to do this and we're going to do this. Like, you know, I, I heard Sam Pittman on College Game Day talking about how he loves his receivers group and everything and then, you know, not really use them. So it's – I think it's just going to dictate by game. And they've still got some big ones coming up. they got A&M in a few weeks. Obviously, you got Alabama and Mississippi State. But clearly, you know, after yesterday, and we'll get to them in a second, A&M, but the second – Play. I, I think you might be right, and I was wrong on this one right now. The Arkansas is the second-best team in the West, although mm-hmm. I will say my Mississippi State pick, I, I still, I'm feeling confident about them. You know, they, they had a weird game in time last night going out there at like 11 o'clock playing Arizona and coming away with about a 20-point win. So, But second place in the West, the SEC West is totally up for grabs right now. I think Arkansas has got a big lead on it right now, but – so just yep. another quick – couple more quick noon hitters. We won't spend a ton of time on these games because we've got a lot to get to. Sam Hartman come back, looked really good. 300 yards, four touchdowns. A.T. Perry was really good in that game. Vandy kept it close, though. Like, it wasn't, like, totally uh, a blowout like some thought it might be. Like, and then this – and it was only, a, I think, a 12-and-a-half-point spread. Sam Hartman's mm-hmm. back. They got Liberty next week, and then they get Clemson at home. I think that – I think that could be interesting. I think I think Clemson still has them talent wise, and especially in, on the lines of scrimmage. But if you're struggling on offense, you know Wake Forest can score. Um, any thoughts on Sam Hartman, Wake Forest? Um, I mean, what a game, dude! If you're going to come back off an of injury or whatever, and you got and you have to face a SEC opponent, at least it's Vanderbilt, man. Get your feet back up on you. So, but good for him. I'm glad to see him back. Uh, if I'm being completely honest with you, that throws a whole wrench into who I think can come out of the ACC because I don't know at this point. There's just it's up in the air. Um, but it's good to have him back. It's good to add some more competitive, uh, competitive aspects into the conference. Um, but yeah, I mean Wake Forest they look good, but I need to see them win some bigger games. And Kansas State, my Big Twelve, I picked them to get to the Big Big Twelve title game, forty to twelve. What was it forty to twelve? Deuce Vaughn leading me to victory in fantasy football too. You know, it's it's I love I love Manhattan, Kansas right now, and the whole state of Kansas. Kansas is two and zero. Oh. They beat West Virginia. They, they, it's you know, I, I don't like the Sun Belt dominating and Kansas being two and zero oh, top of the Big Twelve. You know, hey, dude, what's what's happening, man? It's a glitch in the matrix going on here, dude. Times now, but Kansas State looks really good. And I think Eli Drinkwitz might be in trouble. Like, I'm not going to go out and limit that for sure, but like, I just don't know if you can lose that game like that. Because yeah, Virginia State they just don't look good, man. It's yeah. mm. and now to the chaotic 3:30 slate at A and M. What are you doing? Like the, the all the fears. I, I mean, I picked A and M as I had them ranked number six in my personal poll heading into the year. I just I the talent I just thought would finally be overwhelming enough. It's like the only three teams that are considerably more talented than A and M is Georgia, Bama, and Ohio State. And the thing is, they're closing that gap. And they had a hundred and eighty something yards of offense against App State after giving up sixty three to North Carolina. Now North Carolina is a good offense, nothing wrong with that. And one of the one of the touchdowns was a kick return. Yeah, I don't like. I'll go out and say this: I, I, it was in my mind yesterday, and I don't know if I'm where I'm at with it. Is Jimbo Fisher on the hot seat? No, because he's doing he's doing everything he did at Florida State. Like his last couple years at Florida State, he's doing everything he did, bringing in high recruiting classes, bringing in uh, all the 
boosters, contributors to the program, get but getting them to buy in just to be pedestrian. He like you were very high on A and M. I wasn't, so I don't. Jimbo doesn't impress me. But I also don't think he's on the hot seat. One, paying him too much money. Two, who's going to bring in recruiting like he is? I mean, you got to start somewhere, but also you can't pull out games like this. I, I had I had A and M on upset alert on our um week two preview just because I don't trust them, but also App State is just App State. So I don't think he's on the hot seat. And also, he had a Bama win last year. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna milk the crap out of that win as long as they can. Like they 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 had the COVID year, but like they skated by a lot of those games. Like they weren't all that impressive in those games. And you know, when they did play a good team, you know, Bama blew their doors off. And like Bama was gonna blow anybody out that year because that's one of the greatest teams of all time. But like, I don't know what what what's he hanging his hat on at A and M? Like he's recruiting well. Like they they. Pulled him away from Florida State, gave him all that guaranteed money, and yet, like, their offense sucks. He is supposed to be – I've always thought overrated as a quarterback's coach and offense coordinator, and I'm like, I'm being proven right. I think he can run a program. He's obviously a great recruiter, but, like, I, I don't know. And I, I don't know that he's on the hot seat, but, like, I, I don't know how many games they win. Like, I, Well, here's the thing, and this is an interesting stat I saw yesterday. Kevin Sumlin in his first 50 games at A&M, he went 36 and 14. Jimbo Fisher in his first 50 games is 35 and 15. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's like, it it just feels like eight and four again this year. Cause like, if Miami's defense, you know, I know Miami struggled a little bit Saturday, but Miami's defense looked pretty good. And like, if they can't score on App State, I don't know that they're going to score on Miami that much. Well, I think it's a quarterback issue. I mean, they got they got an abundance of quarterbacks to choose from. Why are you still starting Haynes King? I mean, I questioned him last week. He looked very abysmal in their game last week. Why are you still starting him? I mean, you got Connor Wigman and you got Max Johnson. Start one of them. I mean, just try it out. It's App State. What it, like what do you got to lose? And now you got to go into Miami with all these questions. It's just I will say, shout out to Devon A. Chain. I told you to remember his name. He's good. a baller. I like him. That's the only thing good coming out of AM right now. We'll do our preview show later this week. I have no idea who wins that game. Because I mean like, AM? Yeah. Like everybody's gonna be on AM sucks, AM, you know, all this. You know, Miami. I don't think Miami's back either. I see I that's I don't know. Like <laughs> I did pick him to win the ACC, but it's just like I don't remember the last time Miami went on the road and won a big game, but we'll get to more of that later this week. But yeah. Um, just, you know, crazy. And speaking of crazy, Marcus Friedman, the honeymoon is over. The honeymoon oh, period is gosh. over. I could, I was in the press box at Bobby Dodd Stadium and I, 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 I just got there and I'm, I'm like, I got to check all these scores because I was a little bit behind on keeping up with everything. And Notre Dame's offense, I don't know what's wrong with it. I, I don't, I, I wasn't able to watch a ton of the game yesterday. They're in trouble. Like that. Yep. Like we're looking at possibly seven and five this year if they if they can't get this going because there's there's tough games ahead. You know they they should beat Cal this week because Cal's worse offensively than they are. But you know they still got games against Clemson, USC, North they Carolina. Are, they are going to get smoked by USC. They then Notre Dame and Clemson might be a good game just because the offenses are so just abysmal. But even then, it's just I think it's honestly. I don't see 
I think it's a talent issue. I don't see a guy. You know what I'm saying? I don't see that dude offensively. I don't see uh they had what Kyron Williams last year, um, even Ian Book when he was quarterback there. I however you feel, <laughs> I just don't I don't see a guy like that stepping up. I don't see a household Notre Dame name that they can rely on offensively. I don't see it. So I, I don't I, I, I don't know what they're doing. Outside of Michael Merritt tight end, and I think Michael Merritt's a good tight end. He's not Kyle Pitts or Brock Bowers. Like he's not a game changing tight end. Like he's, you'd like to have him, but like, is he irreplaceable? Uh, Probably not. But like for Notre Dame, he might be because other than him, they really don't have much. You know, their top wide receiver heading into the year did tear his ACL in August, so they, I don't. But they like difference makers everywhere, and like. I saw a lot of fire Tommy Reese's offense coordinator fire this. Like I honestly don't know. I think Tommy Reese is a pretty good OC. I just don't yeah. know that he has a lot. You got to have a little bit to work with, and I just don't think they do. Well, let's get Marcus Freeman. Let, like he's about to bring in a huge recruiting class this year. Yeah, first year head coach. I mean, the guy's what maybe thirty five. He's young, first year, and this is Notre Dame. I mean, they're. No matter how we feel about them, they're a household name in college sports. Like, mm-hmm. let's just give him some time, let him have time to bring talent in into the fold, recruit and build his team, not just play with Brian Kelly's scraps. Like, I, I believe in Marcus Freeman. I like him as a coach, but it's just I think the way Notre Dame is set up, they're they're not in a conference, so they can play any of the best teams from any of the different conferences. Um I think the way it's set up, I think I do think it is a hard coaching job, and I do think Brian Kelly made it look easy. But Brian Kelly's been there for years, so let's just give Marcus Freeman a little bit of time before we just hop off the bandwagon. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm. You will not hear me having any Marcus Freeman hot seat talk. But it's when I say the honeymoon period is over, you know, it's it's you know, there's a lot of hype coming in on him heading into the yeah. season, like you know. Culture shock at its finest. Do you have uh, just another point about this? Do you have any concerns about Ohio State that they Notre Dame hung around with them? I still the jury's still out on um, Ohio State's defense for me. I think that's ultimately yeah because Notre Dame's defense is bad. If I'm gonna say this right now, and it maybe comes to fruition later on in the season, if USC and Ohio State played right now. And it's neutral site, and it's a shootout. I don't trust Ohio State's defense. I really don't. I don't. I don't trust USC's either. That's uh, what I'm saying. So it's just a shootout. So <laughs> I still, I still have. I can. I, I hate like every time they get a big win, I've got to be the butt guy. I yeah. still USC's defense just scares me because Stanford still put up 28 points yesterday, and I know now some of it was garbage time. Um. And we'll, we'll, we'll get yeah. more of that game in just a minute. Just still on the 330. Do you have any big thoughts about Wisconsin, Washington State? Uh, that was we, a weird game. You, call, you called that in our preview. You say you were very interested to see what um, – I still uh, picked Wisconsin, well, though. But. You picked Wisconsin, but you said that would be a very interesting game to see. Um, Wisconsin, I mean, the way they play football, just running the ball and playing defense, there is, there's a possibility they could lose any game simply because they can get outscored. So, I mean, it doesn't really surprise me. But, but how – like, if you told me it Washington State won that game, I would have said probably they got a lot of turnovers or something or Cam Ward had an amazing game and neither of them were true. Like, yeah, he had, a, he had an abysmal game. It, like, yeah, and they – I think both teams had equal amounts of turnovers. 
But Wisconsin had no rushing touchdowns at all. And they had they had they were like Texas had several red zone opportunities, couldn't cash them in. So yeah. who's the best team in the the Big Ten West is bad. Wisconsin, Iowa, like maybe my Minnesota mm. is looking better by the day here. <laughs> um, Dude, I Nebraska, Northwestern, Purdue. That's a bad. That's just not a very good division right now. So um, I don't know, man. <laughs> Honestly, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say Minnesota. You know, I would say out on a limb, but I've been on that limb. So come join. Yeah, me. you. Yeah, <laughs> you were you were talking about that over the summer. But yeah, I think it's Minnesota. I just I don't see anybody else. They haven't gotten into conference play yet, but. They're the only ones undefeated. Wait, no, Illinois is undefeated. No, Wait. they lost Indiana. Oh, they're in. They're undefeated on the road. Oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I'll go Minnesota. Honestly, I just don't see anybody else competing. Um, yeah, it's it, it's gonna be awesome, man. If somebody's gonna knock off Ohio State, it's got to be somebody in the East. And I feel like there are teams capable. I doubt it, but there are teams that it could be right a possibility. Now, like, and I'm a Penn State believer, but I, they're gonna have to show me more than they've shown me so far this season. Like to me, right now, it's just Michigan. Yeah. See, I'm still high on Michigan State. I still think maybe they can do it. Yeah, but Michigan, yeah, we'll, Michigan is the best bet. Later this week, they got a big one in Seattle and yeah. against Washington. That that'll be a kind of a prove it ground type game, but. Moving to the evening slate a little bit, Florida, Anthony Richardson, Heisman, up to number 12 in the polls. I picked them to win, but I told you they better be careful. Yep. They were not careful. Kentucky's defense played really well in this game. I don't even like Will Levis to me was not that good in this game. I still don't understand all that. Kentucky's offense I don't think is any good. Um, And you want to know another overreaction? So I guess we'll hit this real quick. The AP poll just come out. Georgia is now, yeah, it's it's out. Georgia is number one. Bama drops number two. Kentucky is number nine. So Mm. do whatever you want to with that. But we've already had an overreaction to that. I I don't have any huge takeaways from this game other than like I still think Florida is good, but like they they were bound to 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 drop a game or so. Um, I don't. Uh, Kentucky, I don't, I, I don't have any big takeaways from this game other than Anthony Richardson. It's a game to game basis. I mean, he still got to improve. Like that, that was his third ever start. So, as yeah. well as he looked against Utah, he was not good last night. So, um, no, he has a he has a lot of things to work on. He's a phenomenal athlete. But did you you watch the game right? Uh, mostly, yeah, a little bit. Uh, Every Anthony Richardson pass, it doesn't matter if it's 10 yards or 60 yards out, he is throwing a missile. And that's not okay. Like, you got to learn some touch, fella. Like, you've completed less than 50% of your passes. You had two interceptions. Granted, I we've been talking about that for a while now. I don't see what wide receiver talent they had to really rely on. I don't see people gaining separation like that. I mean, their running game, nobody had – Nobody in their running game had double-digit carries. That worries me. If you have a quarterback that's struggling in the passing game, why do you not have anybody with double-digit run carries? Like, it's the same thing. Like with Alabama, it's the same thing with Alabama and Texas. Like our wide receivers struggling to get open. We have a stable of running backs. Why don't you run the ball? Same thing with Florida against Kentucky. Run the ball. 
you less likely to Anthony Richardson is going to throw another interception. I think it, it was a learning curve for Billy Napier. I mean, it's SEC East football. It's going to be hard. It's going to be tough. Billy Napier has to adjust. Now, Florida versus Tennessee, that's going to be a very good game to me. I still like Tennessee finishing second in the SEC East. Um, but, yeah, it's just I, I feel like this Florida team can be very good. But now we're going to have to hear all year about how Kentucky this, Kentucky that, until Georgia stomps a mud hole into them. So that's the only bad thing. Tennessee right now, and I know I'm not the biggest Tennessee. No. Player, I, I, think, I like Tennessee. I, I, Tennessee I like proved Tennessee. a lot against Pitt to me. Yeah, and I guess let's hit on that game real quick. The one, uh, you know, went to overtime. You know, Keaton Slovis got hurt. I, he was playing pretty well in that game. Pitt was running the ball really well in that game. Hendon mm-hmm. Hooker and those guys, they went up there and got a win. Uh, it's it a big win for them. You know, they got Florida in a couple weeks, and they've yeah. got a really challenging schedule ahead. But you know, they. They passed the first couple of weeks. Hey, Cedric Tillman is a bad man. Let me tell you, golly, that joke is a ball player. But yeah, I mean, I think Tennessee and Arkansas are right now second place favorites in that division. Tennessee's, I think, a top fifteen team now. If I'm reading the AP poll correctly, well, they got Kentucky over Arkansas in the AP poll now. I don't know how they do that, but I, uh. I don't. Texas is ranked now after losing. I mean, like. Well, that's just because everybody else lost. I mean, Pitt lost, AM lost. Why is Oregon back in the top 25? I, I was literally about to say, welcome back, Oregon. <laughs> AM survives the fall, but, you know, if App State had won, they're probably a top 15 team if they'd beat North Carolina. I don't know, but apparently Quinn Ewers is out for another three or four weeks. So we'll see about Texas. I, I'm going to hate that because they got Texas ranked now. And because Ewers is out, what other games do they lose? And then they become unranked. You know what I'm saying? I just – I hate the AP poll. I just – I hate it. If you want to create a power index and power scale teams, fine. Understandable. But the AP poll is just garbage, dude. Uh, we'll go rapid fire here before we get out of here. USC Stanford. I wasn't able to catch a ton of this game because I was coming back from Tech Western Carolina. Um USC's offense appeared to be really good, rolling early. Their defense still give up 28 points to Stanford, although some of it wasn't garbage time. But, I mean, I think Caleb Williams, Jordan Addison, been really good so far. I agree. This is a Lincoln-Riley-built team to the max. Abysmal defense, high-powered offense. Um, yeah, Caleb Williams, Travis Dye, Jordan Addison, Mario Williams. They can win shootouts, man. Uh, it's going to be tough. If they can make it out of the Pac-12, it'd be interesting to see them go against another powerhouse in the country. A couple of the, the late-night ones. BYU winning an absolutely crazy game. Uh, that was a good game. You know, and, and the thing is, they did without their top two receivers, too. Romney didn't play. Their other guy didn't play. So, big props to them. Baylor, I still think, is a good good football team. Um, yeah. You know, BYU has – I think they got Oregon this weekend. So, we'll we'll see – about that, you know, BYU, we'll, we'll get to I'll, – I'll talk more about BYU in just a second. So, uh, Mississippi State going on the road. I know Arizona's not the strongest opponent, but I, Mike Leach teams have lost some strange trap games before. Arizona looked really good week one against San Diego State. It was at least good just to see them take care of business. Um, Oregon State beating Fresno State on the last play of the game. Both those teams play USC in the coming weeks. I think we'll find a lot more about USC. Just good on Oregon State. You know, I know I was high on yep. at the end of the year, but opening with – Boise State and then playing Fresno State, two of the better group of five teams in the country. That's a really tough opening two games. Two and oh, I think they got an FCS opponent this week before USC. So, yeah, go Beavs. Um, 
<laughs> so before we get out of here, and also JJ McCarthy looks like he's QB one now. He I needs to be QB one. It's not a question anymore. It's just like four or six with an interception. Michigan's offense, dude, it just looks horrible when, when McNamara's in there. Yeah, when McNamara's in, but when McCarthy's in, it's moving. Like I think good, it's obvious. The good thing is they still I mean they got UConn this week. Yeah. Maybe, like, They're not I, challenged till about week five or week six, if we're being honest. Yeah, like I know we, we talked about it at the beginning of the year, like a road trip to Iowa was never easy, but oh boy, like uh, have fun with that. Iowa yeah. State also big props to them. Matt Campbell getting his first win over Iowa. Yep. I that game was gross on every level, but you know, whatever. Yep. So what we like to do every recap episode, top four, you go first. Oh, well, you put me on the spot. Oh. Man, give me – Georgia is number one. I mean, until proven otherwise, you got to put them at number one. Bama has so much to work on. And I guess until Georgia p- plays some upper echelon SEC teams, we can figure them out a little more because I don't think that was a very good Oregon team they beat. But as of right now, I mean, they're the highest functioning team in the country. That I will put Bama at number two. I think it, Texas, they played better than I thought they would, but also I think that game was more of us shooting our own selves in the foot rather than what Texas did. Granted, Sark, great offensive game plan, but 15 penalties, 100 yards, come on. Third, Ohio State, I still got questions about their defense. Um, like I said, if they got into a neutral – there right now, you know? <laughs> yeah. And if we're, honestly, and at number four – I'm fascinated to see what you do with this because I've got like four or five teams in my head. <laughs> yeah. But I know who at, I picked. At number four, I'm still going to go Oklahoma. I mean, they were my pick last week. I mean, they won 33-3 to this week, so they haven't proven to me why they shouldn't be number four, especially against everybody else. A&M's out of there. Clemson, I don't like them. Michigan, I mean, they still got a lot to prove, so give me Oklahoma. My top three is the exact same. I've got Georgia number one right now. I don't – I mean, just – I still think Bama is – if you – I still think at the end of the year I might pick Bama, but, like, if they played tomorrow, I'd pick Georgia. I think Bama's a team that can get better throughout the year. Yeah. Ohio State, I've got it number three. I Like, you know, they were missing Smith and Jigba yesterday. Julian Fleming didn't play. Allowed Marvin Harrison to have a huge day. So, they've got a couple of easy games ahead. Um, Number four – You know, I had a few teams, man. I thought about just putting Oklahoma back there. I thought about USC. I thought about Arkansas because they played two really good teams – or two good teams to start the season. Give me BYU at number four. I don't know if they'll last there. Give me – I think beating – Baylor is a good team. They were a top ten team. Like, give me me BYU right there again. Don't think they'll stay there, but I've, I've been impressed with them. Beating a top 10 team without your top yeah. two weapon receiver, that's impressive to me. If we're just doing this strictly through two weeks. Strictly off this two-week yeah, performance. These first two weeks. So, that'll do it for us. Any final thoughts, Kobe, before we got to get out of here? No, nah, man. Looking forward to another great week of college football, man. Absolutely. This is Jackson Caldwell. That is Kobe Reed. We're at the goal line stand. And we're out.